Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Cho, joined by JC Hoops, Jackson Collier. We're from hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. A lot of great content over there, basketball, football, uh, a lot of stuff on the message board, the premium message board, the trough. We have most of that information before you really see it anywhere else. So uh, make sure you subscribe to hogbeat.com to get that information that you want to know about your favorite team. And speaking of your favorite team, the Arkansas Razorbacks, they are 1-5 in, in conference play, a crushing defeat at Missouri on Wednesday night, 79-76. Now, Jackson, you tweeted out about something about officiating. Now, I think we can all agree that there were calls down the stretch that were just awful. But you tweeted out that 99.99% of the time, that doesn't really determine the outcome of the game. I'm going to let you speak your mind on that. Yeah, look, I mean, there were a lot of bad calls last night, and I'm not going to sit here and say that um, you know, they didn't have some impact on the game. But I've always been of the mindset that officiating doesn't cost you the outcome of the game um, in almost all situations. Uh, because if you let yourself be in that point where, like, if they blow a call at the end of the game and, and you're you're blaming that single call, well, you put yourself in the position to let a ref determine that. You whatever, blah, blah, blah. Especially last night. Um, you can look at the call on Makai Mitchell and a couple maybe one or two of the calls on Jordan Walsh. Really, really awful calls. Makai Mitchell didn't even touch the guy, and that was his fifth, I think. But by the same token, Arkansas led by 10 with five minutes and eight seconds left. They were outscored 22 to 9 in the final five minutes and eight seconds. They turned the ball over 21 times. Those are things like you, you shouldn't you, you shouldn't be blaming the refs when you turn the ball over 21 times in a game. You shouldn't be blaming the refs when you give up uh, a 10-point lead in that big of a, a run down the stretch. I mean, there are things that happen in the game of basketball that are within your control, and officiating is not one of them. So do your best as a team and and as players to play the game that you can also as a player, you can adjust to officiating. You can adjust to good officials. You can adjust to bad officials as long as the officials are consistent they're consistently bad or consistently good. Last night, they were consistently calling very sensitive fouls. They were very soft, uh, ticky tack kind of fouls is typically uh, how they're kind of referred to. And they're pretty consistent with that all night um, as a team. And as players, you've got to adjust. You can't uh, um, really bite on some steals as much as you would want to. You can't play as aggressive as you, as you would like to at certain times. If you know, they're going to call you for it. You've got to be a little bit more passive, got to be a little bit more responsible, playing a little bit more conservative on defense. I understand Arkansas's identity, especially under Musselman, has been aggressive defense, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition, and and really hounding ball handlers and hounding teams. But if the refs are consistently calling tight games, which it looks like over the course of the season, especially in the SEC, across the board, they're calling games much tighter. Games are much longer. Uh, foul counts are way up. You've got to adjust. You can't play your same style. And it, it does suck, but – you, got, you just got to adjust. That's that's my biggest point. You can complain about four guys fouling out. I mean, those same guys can probably adjust better to 
to officiating. They, they can play a little bit less aggressive. They can make smarter decisions defensively. Some of them are even offensive fouls. I mean, you can't just run into the paint with your head down and run into somebody. You can't just pick up an offensive foul doing stuff like that either. That's, that's an easy call, regardless of if the defender was set or not. Um, if you're out of control, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if the defender is set. If you lower your head, you lower your shoulder, all that sort of stuff. But that that's really where I was going with it. Don't put yourself in the position for, for the rest to, to be able to determine the game. You're up 10 with five minutes left. Finish out the game. All right. A lot of good stuff there. I'm gonna, I have some quotes that I want to bring up about a couple of things that you said. But before I do, I want to remind you about our presenting sponsor. It's Dead Soxy, a premium sock company. And they uh, they represent a lot of rivals websites in the industry, and they make custom socks for companies and organizations. They make an incredible promotional gift for those of you who uh, you you own a company, you're a manager, you want to get some for your family, all this stuff. They're also great for fundraisers. You get them; they're a great promotional product. Every person you know wears socks every day, and they wear their favorite pair a lot. So why not take advantage of this knowledge and take fundraising or branding to a whole new level? Visit deadsoxy.com slash custom. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y slash custom. Uh, the minimum order is 100 pairs, but if you're getting it for enough people, makes sense. Uh, and right now, every custom order is $100 off, so get your project started now. Deadsoxy.com slash custom. Thank you to Dead Soxy for presenting the Hardwood Hogs podcast. All right, Jackson. So um, you kind of talked about how you you realize that you're not going to – I mean, if if the fouls are continually going to be called um, or if they're going to continue to call the game a consistent way, you have to adjust to that. Anthony Black kind of talked about that. He said that shot at the end, he was trying to draw a foul, um, the one where Missouri posted a video on their social media account and purposely cut out the part where it was a foul. Um, and go, go visit Missouri's basketball uh, Twitter account and you'll see that. But he said, Anthony Black said the ref didn't call it. He didn't think it was a foul. So that's what happened. I probably have to, I probably just have to start shooting because I'm not getting those fouls. It's like the third time. So yeah, they're probably not going to call that one. So, I mean, at least he recognizes that. And, you know, that's, that's good for Anthony Black. But I feel like Anthony Black might not be the biggest issue when it comes to foul calls. I think of, you know, the first guy that comes to my mind is, is Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh is in foul trouble every single game. And a game like last night where offensively he didn't miss a shot at all. He didn't miss a shot from the field. He didn't miss a shot from three. He didn't miss a shot from the free throw line. He was a guy that you needed down the stretch there, but he only played 13 minutes because he fouled out with like almost seven minutes left in the game. So Jordan Walsh is a guy, we know he's a young guy. Eric Musselman talked about how he's still trying to pick things up, figure things out. He's a freshman, but he's got to figure out how to defend without fouling. And that's just, that's just how it goes. And you're, I mean, with the, with the way that Arkansas's offense is, you need a guy like Jordan Walsh on the court. I mean, he's, I mean, he just, he's a a better shooter and I'm not, I'm not getting into stuff that happened on social media this week, but he's a better shooter than some of the other options, especially at that four spot. So Um, but you talked about the aggressiveness and you kind of said like, maybe play a little bit off or less aggressive on defense. Aaron Musselman was asked about that. Like, what can you do about the foul calls? And he said, he's not going to take away the aggressiveness or tell them, uh, not to play hard. 
and then he just went through and said he's never had a team that had four guys foul out. Um, and then he mentioned the injuries once again. So I don't know. It seems like every new game, uh, at least over the past three games, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Missouri, where those three teams, you're talking 36 free throws, 36 free throws, 40 free throws. It seems like we've talked to Eric Musselman after all of those games. And he said, I've never seen this in all of my coaching. So what what are your thoughts on that? Because you mentioned how they're you know they're calling more fouls, games are getting longer in the SEC. Why is that? Like what what is causing that to happen? I honestly don't know. Uh, it's it's really annoying as a as a fan of college basketball to sit down and watch all these games, and you know you're expecting to be a two hour game. You're expecting high level basketball. You're expecting to be able to watch basketball. Um, Instead, you're committing to a three-hour game and a lot of whistles, almost a foul call per minute or more in certain games, too. Um, Really slows the pace down, makes it more free-throw competition than basketball game. Um, Don't know the reasoning behind it. Don't know why that's been such a drastic change recently, Um, especially in, in the SEC. I think it's kind of countrywide, too. I think I have some buddies up that are uh big east fans and and have said similar things about big east officiating too um it's it just really sucks it it just really does i don't know if it's like a a retread of what happened in the uh late 90s you know there was the whole thing where Arkansas was playing really aggressive defense and other teams were playing really aggressive defense, especially with their hands. And then they implemented this hand check foul where, you know, anytime you touch somebody with two hands or, or really touch anybody with one hand, it was a foul call completely changed the way teams had to defend across college basketball. Don't know if that's the same kind of thing we're seeing now uh, moving to a more offensive centric game where you kind of back off defensively. Don't know if that's what's happening. Don't know if it's a concerted effort, but it, the results are there. It's what's happening, um, and it's just really unfortunate that that's where the game is headed, at least this season so far. All right, so you look at Arkansas's scheduled start conference play. They played at LSU, at Auburn, at Vandy, at Missouri, and sprinkled in there they had home games against Missouri and Alabama. Now you get two straight home games against Ole Miss on Saturday, LSU on Tuesday. I think those are two favorable matchups. I think the last game against LSU, if that was at home, Arkansas probably wins that game. Now, I didn't watch that one as closely as others. And then you you take a trip to Baylor, and then you got another home SEC game against Texas A&M. So the trip to Baylor is going to be tough, but it's good for Arkansas to get two straight games at home before they make that trip. But you're looking at a team that has its worst starting conference play since Eric Musselman took over, they're one and five. You had you had your stat that you tweeted out. Go ahead and go ahead and mention that stat. Arkansas is one and five to start conference play for the first time since two thousand eight two thousand nine. Arkansas as a program has never made the NCAA tournament when they started one and five in conference play or worse. There have been a couple of years, I think sixty nine seventy and seventy seventy one, where they actually started zero and five. Um, but we're talking about the last five times that a team started this bad in conference play was 2008, 2009, the two, the 69, 70 and 70, 71 that I just mentioned. Um, I think there was one from the early 2000 in there, 2001, 2002, and then 85, 86, I think, uh, it's, it's not common (laughs) at all. This is very much out of the ordinary, um, 
this team is different from those teams, though, in that it's still in somewhat of a position to make the NCAA tournament. Um, they could break that stat, um, but they have to win games. I tweeted out before the uh, game last night asking if it was a must-win game for Arkansas. Got a lot of mixed responses. Um, some people were saying, like, it's not a, a must-win game until uh, it's an elimination game in the NCAA tournament. Others were saying stuff like, well, you got to win games to get in the NCAA, NCAA tournament, all that sort of stuff. That's what kind of prompted the research was that debate. Um, and then now you're sitting at one and five, and Ole Miss coming up, that that's as much of a must-win game as you can get. And if you drop to one and six and drop a, a game to a bad Ole Miss team at home, you're really in trouble. Agreed. Yeah, that I mean the Ole Miss game. It's one of those like gimmies, you know. Get back on track. This is a game that you can win. Um, I, I felt like Missouri last night, especially with the the way the game started. I felt like okay, Arkansas is going to get back on track. They're going to figure this out. I mean, Missouri was like zero for seven from the field to start, and then they finally hit a shot. At one point, they were one for eleven. Uh, and then we talked about it. You talked about it earlier with five minutes left to play in the game. Arkansas was up by ten. So I mean, you're right. Arkansas, you can't you can't continue to blow a lead like that. I mean, you just it just can't happen, and you also can't have a season high twenty one turnovers in a game like that. You can't you cannot have that many turnovers, and you know know that you're having all these fouls and you're sending Missouri to the line forty times. That's the most. I mean, that's the most free throws a team has shot against Arkansas all year, I believe. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Um, I I'm almost positive it is. But moving forward. We got to talk about a couple things. Um, last night against Missouri, Mikel Mitchell didn't play because Eric Musselman said it was a it was a matchup thing. He was asked if Mikel Mitchell was hurt, what was going on there. He said they play four guards, so it was a personnel decision. I know that you kind of had your own thoughts about that, so I'm just going to let you ramble. I didn't understand that response because um, you look at the box score, you look at the minutes played, and the starting lineup was Makai Mitchell and Kamani Johnson, two bigs. Um, Mikel Mitchell, obviously another big. I, I don't understand saying that Missouri played four guards, so I can't play Mikel Mitchell when he started the game with two bigs and played two bigs 30-plus minutes each. Uh, Kamani ended up with 30 minutes, fouled out, would have played more. Uh, Makai ended up with around 35 minutes. And I just – I guess I didn't understand that response. I understand that – uh, Kam uh, Kamani was supposed to draw the 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 matchup against Kobe Brown. Um, decent matchup size wise, all that sort of stuff. Kobe Brown put up seventeen and six. Um, they another stat uh, by one of our posters on the on the truff. Uh, in the second half alone, Arkansas was plus twelve in the four minutes and fifty seconds that Kamani Johnson was off the floor, um, and was minus sixteen in the fifteen minutes and ten seconds that he played. I think I, this is going to be the second or the third podcast in a row that I've, I've mentioned this and I'm, I'm not trying to, to be too hard on the player, but rotationally um, you, you've got to figure something out. If, if things are, are suggesting that something is not working, you have got to change things. And I think that is one of the glaring things that needs to change um, against Vanderbilt. He played nine minutes, um, zero points, fouled out, didn't draw a foul, had one offensive rebound. 
Um, I, I didn't think the answer was more Kamani. I didn't think the answer was was 30 minutes of, of Kamani. Um, he plays hard. I, I've said over and over again, he plays hard. He rebounded really well last night. He, he got some offensive rebounds. Um, he scored, he hit a couple free throws and I think even had a layup or something. Um, he plays really hard. There is a role for somebody to be that enforcer, to play really hard. I just don't think it's 30 plus minutes a game. I don't think it's 25 plus a game. And going back to the, the, the response that Musselman gave, if that's, if that's the case and, and you look at like, if you, if you're not going to play Mikel, uh, because, Missouri runs four guards and you're saying, Oh, but Kamani matches up with Kobe Brown. And you're seeing that that is not working. I would like to see something different. Obviously Jordan Walsh fouled out. Um, he, he would have been that something different had he not fouled out early. Um, so, that, I mean, that's obviously one option. Darian Ford got some run in the first half. Looked like he actually played pretty well. He scored, he took it to the rack, his free throws, all that sort of stuff. Um, Matchup wise, uh, you know, Jalen Graham came in and turned it over once or twice, and I understand that. But as far as versatility, speed, athleticism, all that sort of stuff, he would probably be the better matchup against Kobe Brown. Maybe not the same size Kamani has. Kamani has the size advantage there as far as like girth, not not height. Um, I don't know. I would I would have liked to at least see some run there too, or bring in Mikel to spell Makai at least. Cause I mean, I've been a proponent for Makai playing a lot of minutes. He played a lot of minutes and played very well. He's one of the few Arkansas players that finished positive in the, in the, in the plus minus last night. Um, 35 minutes. <laughs> he played really well, but bringing Mikel to spell him a little bit, maybe. I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm a fan of, of Mikel a lot too. Obviously Makai, Makai is your guy uh, and my guy kind of, I, I like him a lot, but, I think Mikel is too valuable of a piece to just relegate him to the bench and, and try to say that, oh, well, they've run four guards, but I'm going to run two bigs anyway. Um, doesn't quite compute with me. I think Mikel is too good of a rim protector um, to to leave on the on the bench. I think he's an adequate rebounder and really a really good rim runner. I, I don't think he's been used properly. I don't think either of the Mitchell twins have been used properly offensively this year either. They're really good rim runners. They're they're athletic. Um, you know, Makai Mitchell doesn't really get a ton of, uh, of, uh, looks or anything in the post. Um, it's kind of a situation where somebody will drive and dish to him, um, and he'll finish a layup or something, but the offense doesn't really run through him at all. Um, which I don't know, I would, I, w- I would still like to see that again. I'm going back to this for the third or fourth podcast in a row. I would like to see more touches in the high post, especially for a team that, can't really shoot. I mean, they shot 41% from three last night, granted. Um, so that they had that going for them. But uh, that's my piece on all that. Well, the way I look at it is that their game plan worked. You know, you, you talk about Kamani playing 30 minutes. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the game plan worked. You're going to out-rebound a team that's really bad at rebounding and hope that that wins you the game. And they almost doubled them up. Arkansas had 42 rebounds. Missouri had 23 in the game. So you dominated them on the glass. But it com- it goes back to the 21 turnovers. Like, that's just not going to win you the game when you have 21 turnovers and they have 12. I think Missouri scored 31 points off of, their, off of Arkansas's turnovers. Arkansas scored 13 off of Missouri. So that that right there is the difference. And you include the, the 40 free throws that Missouri shot. They made 30 of them. 
Um, I mean, that's that's the difference right there because I, I get I, – I, I'm – the Jalen Graham experience, I, I just – he he played four minutes. He had two fouls and two turnovers. Those were his stats. And so, like, I I'm just I'm not a huge proponent of like playing Jalen Graham. You know, a lot of minutes. Um, I now do I think Kamani should play thirty minutes? I don't know. I'm not. You're the basketball guy, and you know I trust your word. But uh, also, Mikel. Like, I've been impressed with Mikel when he started the past couple of games. Like, I've I felt like he's play good basketball. I, I understand matchups and all that. And it seems like things worked out aside from the turnovers and all the foul calls, but it's just, t- it's a tough game for Arkansas to lose. You look at some of those calls down the stretch, you know, you don't, you don't blame the rest for losing a game, but those are like game defining calls um, that just are unfortunate for Arkansas, especially in a game when you need to win, but also like don't blow a 10 point lead and don't turn the ball over 21 times. That's just, that's just how it goes. Now they're lucky that they get a break against Ole Miss coming up. Uh, Ole Miss, a team that uh, I mean, we know Ole Miss basketball. We know how they are, but you get them at home. It's an 11 a.m. tip. It's a bounce back game. But I don't know. I mean, is a win against Ole Miss going to really give you that confidence? An Ole Miss team that's nine and nine and also one and five in conference play. Maybe it does. Do you think that maybe this is the game where they, you know? go out on a limb and start a guy like Darian Ford or Joseph Pinion or maybe Barry Dunning get some run. I guess I'm not even at the point yet where I'm going to call Ole Miss a guaranteed win. I mean, it's just, man, the, the team played well last night. They played well against Vanderbilt for the most part, but they have collapsed. That, that's back-to-back road 10-point leads that they have blown in the second half. Um, granted, they're they're back at home now against Ole Miss. So hopefully you wouldn't blow a 10 point lead in the second half at home. Um, but I'm, I'm not confident enough to just chalk it up to a win yet. I'm not even going to say it's like a, a, a nice game to have at this point, Arkansas just needs to see a W in the win column. And hopefully that comes Saturday. Um, I, I've, you know, I, I kind of pontificated a little bit uh, before the Missouri game. Um, I would have liked to see some Joseph Pinion in the starting lineup. Uh, maybe run out AB Council uh, Pinion with uh, Walsh and Mackay. Run a matchup zone on defense that kind of hides Joseph Pinion's defensive deficiencies. Um, that'll help prevent the straight line drives that Arkansas has been giving up on the perimeter, and it'll allow Joseph Pinion to be involved in the offense, which is where he needs to be. Um, you know, uh. That and that and that also having that four and five of Walsh and Mackay, you don't sacrifice any rebounding there because those are two of your best rebounders on the team, um, at the four and five. And you know, AB crashes well enough. Council and and Pinion might not be the best rebounders, but you know, you gotta. I understand game plans, matchups, all that sort of stuff, but you gotta give and take here when you're on such a losing skid. Um, and I, th- I think you just gotta try to find something. Uh, uh, if defense isn't working, uh, if you're fouling too much for getting guys on the line too much, if teams are scoring too much against you, uh, as opposed to previous seasons and earlier in the year, we were allowing 60 points instead of the 79 and 97. Um, you you got to make an adjustment. I think you're going to have to go be a little bit uncomfortable, try to go shoot out or something. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't have all the answers. I'm just kind of spitballing a little bit here, seeing things. It's a tough ask. I don't want to be in Musselman's spot. You lose two first-round NBA draft picks, uh, one of them a lottery pick, that you base your entire offense around, and you're told in the – or not told, but you have to in the middle of conference play or at the beginning of conference play against a gauntlet to start out, you got to change your entire scheme. That's not easy to do. It's just not. Um, I don't think anybody really has the right answers right now until, you know, obviously you figure out something that works. Yep. I agree. Uh, I want to get to a couple more points before we wrap up, but I got to tell you about bet Saracen. It is the mobile sports gambling app of the Saracen casino resort. And they are a partner of hogbeat.com. So uh, for games once a week, we do the bet Saracen uh, player props, odds, lines, everything. We do a story breaking all of those down and we give our picks. And then we also talk about it on this podcast every week. Um, of course, the line has not come out for the Ole Miss game on Saturday yet, but last night they had a lot of great stuff going on. They even had some specials. They had halftime boosts. You could bet players uh, over points for the second half. So like Anthony Black over six and a half second points, Ricky Council over nine and a half second half points. Uh, Makai Mitchell was in there. <clears throat> Devo Davis was in there. They were all at plus 100. So you're getting those at plus odds. And you can only get that on the Bet Saracen app. They're they're the only app that's going to be running specials like that on Arkansas basketball. So go download it and get all of those bets that you want to get on Bet Saracen. It's on the Google Play Store, the App Store. Uh, thank you to Bet Saracen. Really appreciate their business and all they do. And uh, they also got a lot of great stuff for Arkansas basketball. All right, Jackson, I want to ask you about this. So I, we've talked about this on this podcast before. A lot of people, I'm sure, have talked about it from the chair that they're watching the game from. Devo Davis taking 17 shots. I mean, he continues to take a large amount of shots. It, it seems now that it is, it has to be designed that he's the guy that they're going to be trying to have fill up the rack. Like, but it's almost like they're trying to have him fill a role of like JD Note or something. And it's just Devo Davis is not JD Note. He went seven for 17 last night. He did hit three three pointers. He had that streak where he was really hot. He had like three shots in a row. Um, but is he that guy that you want doing that? Do you want him taking 17 shots a game? I don't know. <laughs> I would prefer not. I don't, I don't think. But I mean, if, if Musselman is going back to uh, last year where like they needed a guy, um, I guess the the logic is this is a guy who's been in the program for three years and he's either really hot or really cold. You know, he'll make some really, really good plays or he'll turn the ball over. And last night uh, finished with nearly a triple-double, 18 points, nine rebounds, and six turnovers. Um that's not the right kind of triple-double you want to have. Uh, six turnovers is way too many um, to three assists. But I don't know. I don't. I would prefer him not take 17 shots. I mean, the a lot of them were good looks. I will give him that much, uh, especially when he was hitting that streak. He hit three threes in a row that were wide open, or maybe not in a row, or three out of four or something, and mostly wide open. Then he came in, I think he missed three in a row, uh, some of them were heat checks and they were contested. And I think one of them just hit the backboard and no rim. Like those are the types of shots he doesn't need to take. If he can reel it in, uh, adjust and, and realize what's a good shot versus what's a bad shot. I understand when you're playing the game, you feel different. Like 
if you're hitting shots, you're in the zone. Like you want to pull, you want to like take those heat checks, but um, reel it in a little bit, uh, differentiate what's a, what's a great shot versus what's a bad shot. Um, also kind of focus a little bit more on uh, not dribbling through four people to, with your head down to get into the lane and pick up an offensive foul or turn the ball over. Uh, he's just out of control at times doing that stuff too. Um, but then at other times, you know, he looks really good dribbling with his head up, you know, makes a really nice pass and gets an assist to Makai down low or Kamani down low. Um, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's one of the more polarizing players. I, I remember uh, in, in playing, playing for the Razorbacks. I think um, he's up there with Kai Madden as far as uh, being so polarizing. Uh you know, he has results that speak for themselves. I mean, he's he's a good basketball player. There's a reason he's playing as many minutes uh, as he has, but I don't think he needs to be shooting as much as he is. I think he needs to make better uh, decisions, better shot selection. All right. Well, there's not a whole lot left to talk about. You know, if you want to look at a couple of the bright spots, Eric Musselman said that the competitiveness was better. He thought they competed at a high level against Missouri after – the Vanderbilt game, all he could talk about was a lack of competitive competitiveness from his team. So that's a bright spot. You know, they had their best per, three-point percentage of the year, 41.2%, 7 of 17 from behind the arc. That was the best of the year for Arkansas. Uh, still, I mean, like that's – I mean, seven made threes. That's not a lot compared to some teams. But for Arkansas, good for them. Uh, you know, they they had one of their better offensive re- rebounding percentages on Ken Palm of the year, 44.8%. That's number two on the year. Uh, turnover percentage was the highest of the season, though. So, I mean, that makes sense because they turned the ball over the most they have all year. Darian Ford, I mean, you know, he played some good minutes. Maybe that's something to look at, or maybe that was just this game. Last time Arkansas played Missouri, it was another freshman, Joseph Pinion, that stepped up. So maybe it's just Missouri. But – uh, just a couple bright spots there in Arkansas's fifth loss of conference play. You talked about the Ole Miss game not being a, a guaranteed win. I mean, if Arkansas loses to Ole Miss at Bud Walton Arena on Saturday, the the like the like there's already a lack of interest in basketball because of how they're playing. I mean, it's just shut it down. Let's just move to baseball season. By that point, it'll be like 27 days or something like that. So. It's tough. You cannot lose. I mean, that's that's a must win because those are the games that you have to take when you can get them. So uh, make sure you visit hogbeat.com. You got something? Uh, I was just going to say I'm surprised or I'm interested to see what the fan support is going to be like Saturday. It's a Saturday game. It's not a weeknight game. Team is one and five in conference play. It's a winnable game. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping for, for the team's sake that – there, the, that a crowd shows up, a good crowd shows up, an energetic crowd and a capacity crowd. But uh, I'll be interested to see how that uh, ends up. Yeah, I I would assume that they would show up. You know, I mean, it's Bud Walton Arena. It's Arkansas basketball fans, but to be determined there. Uh, thank you to everybody. Before we go, we need to remind you about MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands or – Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ledecky can help. He's a longtime Rivals member and franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Give him a call. Put your life and career in your own hands because it's 100% free and you have nothing to lose. 
So visit MyPerfectFranchise.net or call 404-973-9901. Andy Ledecky with MyPerfectFranchise.net. Thank you to their or thank you for their support. Really appreciate them. And we really appreciate everybody who listens to the Hardwood Hawks podcast. Tell your friends and uh, make sure you visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com for all of the Arkansas athletics coverage that you need. All right, talk to everybody next time on the Hardwood Hawks podcast.